That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf at long last and uh, <laughs> with, with no avail to our finding a chat solution problem. Yep. Um, we're finally live. Yeah, so if you're, if you're joining us live, you might notice that uh, we're not using our, our normal IRC chat. We're using YouTube. And you might be wondering, hey, what's up with that? And the answer is we don't know. So we, we don't really know. There's some, we just uh, some, the, the some, server's still working. But some technical difficulty. Wasn't, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But hey, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out for next time. So we rolled with it. Yeah, deal we're just with it. Use YouTube for comments. Don't worry though, because for those of you that do know about the program and want to ask questions, we're just going to do those via Twitter tonight. So you're not missing anything if you're watching the show live and can't see the pretty little chat stuffs going by. Anyway, uh, as always, I am your host, the Commodore, and with me is Rue from uh, uh, in a land far, far away. Rue, how are you? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well and not snowed over. How are you doing? I am snowed over, uh, but actually, uh, thanks to a twelve and a half horsepower, brand new, out of the box snowblower, I'm not stuck uh, in the house, which is a good thing. So we got about two and a half to three feet of snow, which is more snow than I've ever seen in my life. Um, at one time, that's not what that wasn't on a ski slope. Welcome to your new normal, <laughs> and welcome <laughs> to the new normal. Uh, but anyway, you guys don't. I mean, hey, the good news is I still have power, so I can do the show, which is important. Yes, bonus. Um, <clears throat> hey, we we missed. Uh, uh, you know, we, we've got a little little regularity to the schedule. We're not trying to throw you guys off. Um, and we've been we've been talking a little bit about it, but yeah, there were a lot of things going on. You know, I know you had Magfest, which I'm sure you're eager to talk to everybody about. Um, but we had a little bit of you know jostling with the schedule with the program. Don't worry, we're going to establish some some good regularity as you're all used to very very soon. Okay, what is this show going to be about? You might ask. What is the topic du jour? Well, we we came up with the best clickbait uh, title we could possibly think of, which was do graphics matter. Matter and I think I modified that to do do graphics still matter. Yeah, and I think at the at the end of the day, the best clickbait one would have been like thirteen reasons why graphics graphics still still matter. matter. Right? Yeah, you won't believe number seven. Doctors hate number five. (laughs) Also, uh, Kim Kardashian's butt. Right. That would have broke the internet too. (laughs) Anyway, um, we this is a topic I've been kicking around for a while. Uh, You know. We'll talk, we'll flesh it out uh, when it needs to be fleshed out. But basically the idea goes like this, you know, graphics wars were going on during a lot of the retro game kind of, or what we now consider retro games, um, you know, uh, kind of in, in their life, in the, in the lifetime of those systems, there were graphic wars about who could make the best looking games. And I think today uh, is a good time to revisit whether or not graphics really matter in games in general. And whether or not graphics matter and what you buy and play as well, which are two very different topics. But we'll try to cover both of them. Um, that's the topic du jour. But as those of you that watch the program regularly will know, there are three portions of the program. And that is only one of them. The first part of the program is the tids and bits, the mm, T&B. I love the T&B. The uh, news and notes, otherwise known as things that we think you should know about that has happened since we last spoke. We'll cover a couple of those topics. Or ten. Sure none of you. We're looking forward to that part of the program. Then we will get into the question and answer. Why do we even have that portion of the program? Anyway. <laughs> Why do we even have that lever? Yeah. Um, anyway, then we'll get into the uh, the topic du jour. And then we'll mm-hmm. go to the third part of the program, which happens to be the question and answer, which is what I alluded to previously. 
If you have questions that you would like us to answer, they could be burning life questions. They could be questions about video games. They could be questions about the topic du jour. They could be questions of general geekery or even, as Mark Chan cringes every time I say it, the housing market, whatever you like. Or, you know, uh, maybe ricotta cheese. Ricotta cheese or meatballs and gravy. The point is, whatever <laughs> you might have questions about, you can get us to answer them live during the third part of the program. You don't have to wait till then to ask the question. How do you ask a question you might ask? How do you ask a Just, question? Thank you for asking. All you have to do is tweet me at it's the Commodore. Oh, one word. And uh, I will answer the best of, well, we will answer. I will pick the best of the, uh, of the questions asked during the program. And we will answer them live on the air. And I'm guessing since we started about mm, 12 minutes late, it's going to be a little while if you're waiting for that part of the program. But anyway, um, so we're really breaking from our trend of trying to make the show shorter. By the way, every time I mention that we need to make the show shorter, because you and I have been consciously trying to make the show shorter well, for a I've long time. I've been consciously trying to make the show shorter. I think Correct, you consciously try to uh, make me have an aneurysm at every turn by making it longer and longer every single time. That's true. It's all about uh, that base. That's true. No, it's not about that at all. No but trouble. it is. But but every time we do mention that, people come to me and say that they think the program should just be a straight two hours. To which I say, Screw you're you. crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. Anyway. But we've, um, I think we found a good idea. I think we're instead just going to go to a weekly podcast. What do you say to that? I don't think that's going to be possible. <laughs> although, um, although yeah. maybe, maybe we should just go ahead and commit to this now. Yeah. We've been a little bit off on the schedule lately. First and third Wednesday of the month, et cetera. I think we're just, I think we're willing to commit to just saying we're a bi-weekly podcast right now. Yeah, Does that sound good. I like that. Idea. So yeah, it sounds good to me. So from now on, every two weeks, you can have some Echo Screen goodness in your in your yes. iTunes, in your your Stitcher, or your yes. or your Android podcasting app of choice. Uh, just search for Echo Screen Live, and uh, of course, here live on YouTube. So so we will be a fortnightly podcast from this point on every Wednesday at nine p.m. Eastern. I, I, I'm not very good at math, but to me, I think this, this works to your benefit, folks, because it means you actually get a couple more episodes a year. Yep. That's pretty good. We're not screwing you anymore uh, by yeah. only giving you uh, 24 episodes a year. You're That's getting right. a grand 26. That is correct. And um, <clears throat> it doesn't change on leap years, according nope. to my calculations. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep that kind Talk. of aside. Just for those of you that, that do enjoy the program and want a little more of it, uh, yeah. that'll be good for you. Because we, we love the peoples. We love the peoples. Yeah, peoples are good. Um, all right. Let's get right down to it. So so a little, uh, little, little T&B action. What do you got? T&B. So let's start off with um, uh, um, probably some of the bigger news. Well, I mean, some of the bigger news in video game journalism, I guess, lately. And that's Gamergate. Let's talk all Gamergate. No, just kidding. Um, oh. <clears throat> I was about to say, this was not in the show. <laughs> In the past uh, day or so, rumors have really been flying around that Joystick is closing shop. Mm. Uh, and I know you and I have been long fans of Joystick, although I don't read it so much anymore. In fact, I don't really read any given with, with the rise of social media. And, uh, you know, in, you know, you follow certain uh, maybe journalists on Twitter and stuff like that to see what kind of interesting stories might come up. I, I don't really hit video game websites as much as I used to, specifically for news. Uh, so I, I don't read it either. Yeah, so and I haven't been enjoyed it much anymore, I should say. So I guess we're the problem because... Uh, Aaron lies the problem. Right? Yeah, the, 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 the rumor is that AOL, which owns Joystick, is going to close it up. Um, <clears throat> yeah. 
no confirmations yet. There was, but there was some great kind of gallows humor from uh, from Joystick uh, the other day. Uh, AOL is likely to shutter. Joystick reports recode. Hey, wait, yeah, that. Recode. Hey, wait, that's us. Um, <laughs> so sources, and this is exactly what it says in the Joystick article about this. Sources tell Joystick that the staff is aware of the closure, but corporate hasn't officially told them, so they are unable to acknowledge anything out of concern that it will cause immediate shutdown. We've reached out for more information. We will update as as we always have when we know more. So kind of, kind of entertainingly painful. Is that is well, that was that to read more? Yeah, more or painfully. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm getting shades of one up dot com's closure about a year or so ago uh, from from under IGN, uh, which which owned them. It's um, it's sad. I, I, uh, I always enjoy Joystick. A lot of a lot of the big names in video game journalism really got their seem to get their start there. You know, the the, the McElroy's. Yep. Uh, which we, we got to see at PAX East, our first PAX East. Um, Chris Grant. Chris Grant, yep. It was um, phenomenal. It, it, always um, uh, entertaining, amusing. Uh, and you know what? <clears throat> it's a shame this happened so soon after, uh, I think it was maybe a month or so ago, that they officially came out as getting rid of review scores. Yes. Uh, which is a move I've always really respected because it's it's to give a, an arbitrary score to a game is you know hurts the industry um and can be misleading and is just great fodder for internet arguments uh you can recommend a game uh based on its merits without having to give it a score by actually explaining what it's all about and people should just dang read it so yeah i mean i i still like scores you know uh, i kind of like polygons policy on this where most of the joystick people actually went to um you know they they still give uh, they still give scores, but at the, and and by the way, highly controversial scores. But I think the <laughs> but their their thought is that you're supposed to read the review first. Of course, they put the little shortcuts on their page about just that just shows you the score. So I guess that's not a very good policy. Anyway, I agree. Um, Joystick was one of the first. I, I wouldn't say it was the first uh, gaming website that I bookmarked and pretty much came back to every day. You know, I visited other game websites a lot, obviously, you know, um, there were, you know, back when there were all the magazines and things like that, PC Gamer and so on and so forth. But Joystick really kind of um, was the first news source I regularly went to on the Internet. Yeah. For, I mean, for me, the first one was IGN, which is, you know, a lot of people, they were there very early on. But Joystick was the second. And Joystick's really what I moved to from IGN when I wanted more of a slightly more independent source and and stuff like that i i big respect for them and i you know i hope all the best it, it's it goes on to show the state of the games journalism industry is tenuous uh yes. at best it, it's it's difficult to hold a job in it uh right now um it is a lot and, of websites and are trying to figure out exactly how to keep them, themselves sustainable yeah, and, and I, I would argue that that doesn't have a, a, a you know, the, the, the Gamergate argument might be relevant here, but not to a certain degree, because I don't necessarily think it's necessarily about quality, as much as I think uh, it's it's a lot more about how people want to digest information now. Not a lot of people want to read. Um, Go to a website you know, every day and check it. Yeah, and I mean... Uh, it's it's much more uh, video oriented now. You know, if, if I want to go see what a game is like, I'll go watch somebody play it for a little while, like I did with Minecraft before I bought Minecraft. 
you know, I mean, not that I'm a huge Let's player or anything, but it's a good way to get a feel. If, if you like somebody's opinion, you can go and kind of digest that in an easier way than sitting there and reading somebody's uh, review of it. You know, the gaming news thing, you know, Twitter really, if you're looking to get news immediately, then Twitter is really the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, news, gaming news is is kind of outmoded by Twitter. I mean, I, I don't know. A lot of the things that they do have really drastically changed since the format of Joystick was really decided upon. Um, the thing that I like the most are the features, you know, where they write in-depth kind of pieces and they've been doing that uh, a lot less recently. Yeah, which and that that is the thing I really like about Polygon is their features are usually very good. The features are great. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Sorry. The joystick going away. Yeah, sorry about that, joystick. We, we, we have fond memories. And good luck to all the people yeah. who work there. Hopefully they can uh, land on their feet. That's right. News. Um, news from you. Yes. Tids and bits. I have news. So th- the news for this time, and anybody that, that already follows me on Twitter is going to know this, because I was, I was practically oozing Ew. Get with checked. support. Yeah, with support. And I, I, you're going you're gonna to think I really do need to get checked after you hear what I'm about to say. Oozing with support and interest for the first time ever in Microsoft after Microsoft made their announcements surrounding the Windows 10 launch um, last week. So uh, those of you that know us well enough know that we don't have a lot of um, pr- high praise for Microsoft in almost any shape or, or form. However, I'd say I- I'm really excited about Windows 10 being available to anybody that ha- currently runs Windows 7 and Windows 8 in the first year. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about um, the capabilities of the HoloLens which is kind of the best of, think of kind of a combination between um, Google Glass and the holodeck and Star Trek mm-hmm. combined together. That seemed to make generate the most buzz out of the uh, press conference, basically. Well, it's like, you know, for the first time ever, there's this really great kind of innovative thought from Microsoft. It's not <laughs> just about tying you to the PC because <clears throat> Microsoft's always been about, hey, buy a buy a PC and we're just going to sell you Windows because that's how we make money, right? Mm-hmm. This is clearly outside of the box about, hey, let's, let's combine a lot of our expertise together and try to unhinge people from the PC for once. Um, and I think they're having more success doing that with a lot of their thing, a lot of the stuff that they make now with Xbox. And, you know, it's like, it, I, I don't want to play my Xbox games on my PC. Can, I, can you just let me have my own, you know, way with that? So they're coming around. Uh, is is I guess what I'm trying to say. And if you haven't seen the demo yet of Hololens, or you hadn't read the Wired piece, which I think most robustly describes the experience of actually with you know having the headset on, you should go check it out. It's unbelievable. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for Windows 10 because I am frankly running the uh, pretty much the exact same computer I built right before we started playing the Gray Wolf over five and a half years ago. So, um, starting to, starting to show age. Uh, so I was, I was planning on building it up, but I really did not want to move over to windows eight, but 10 looks to be, uh, doing pretty well. What the hell happened to windows nine? Um, so uh, come on, explain this, you, Mr. Microsoft. Are, are you being serious? Cause I will explain it. It's very simple. <laughs> um, the simple explanation is that they already made windows nine. So is that if, the windows if, phone? 
or something no. like that? Wait, no, what no, is no, it no, 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 no. So if if so, think about like so. Apple went with Windows 10.x, right? So came out with Windows 9.5. What would you think? Windows 95. They already had Windows 95. Right? Seriously, people think that Windows... they're selling Windows 95 again? No, it's not that they're. It's not that they're saying that. The issue is, I think well, that, that there's great confusion over the fact that they had Windows. So, like, entire architectures are built on Windows 9.x. Okay. Okay. And and, and I, I only know this because you know if you ever talk to folks in IT circles, right? About I remember uh, actually when we were when we were in college, we went to Career Day where they were talking about like the computer systems that they run at a local community <laughs> college, and they were talking about running Windows 9x. Okay. Now there there is no Windows 9x. Fair so, enough. Um, Microsoft is is well known for not having confusing naming structures. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, not I'm, at all. I'm yeah, gonna go ahead and buy an Xbox One this weekend, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and a Zoom. Yes. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the future of Microsoft, and that's that's the best I could possibly say because, you know, I've been so down on them for so long. Uh, that's true. You are quite the Apple fanboy. Anyway, um, more news. Club Nintendo is closing. Uh, yes, it is too. Yes, but to be replaced with some other form yeah. of loyalty program. Yes. So that's interesting. So what this means is that um, if you have any of these little codes in your games, your Nintendo games, uh, mm -hmm. use them up, import uh, import them, in input them by like the end of March, I believe. Um, they'll be opening up a bunch of uh, new gifts uh, or, or program, you know, Items that you can purchase with uh, the the either the stars or the coins that you uh, get for for registering games. Uh, yes. They'll be releasing some more of those in February in North America, uh, just to kind of clear out the warehouse and be like, hey, you know, thanks for all that stuff, but we really want to put this thing to bed. Um, I, I mean, Club Nintendo's been going for like six years, and people complain about it, but it's at least it's something. It's some sort of a loyalty program, and I've gotten some interesting stuff out of it. I've got some. You know, so, some in, neat little posters and uh, downloaded some games. Uh, I have a lot saved up, so I'm curious to see what they roll out next month. But, uh, you know, eh, I mean, it's 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 sad, but I, I'm sure they want to make it. They want to update it a bit. They want to, uh, I don't know. They haven't released any, any more details about what the new loyalty program will be. I'm wondering if it's going to be all digital based, maybe. That's that's probably a good solid bet. The other thing we should mention is that um, Nintendo is uh, is back to being a revenue uh, not revenue positive a a a, a profitable organization. Yes. as of this quarter. I mean, they're they're which still is, not certainly good news. They're still not doing amazing, but they're doing pretty well uh, from what yeah. I saw. I think they're. Jeez, uh, uh, I don't want to say off the top of my head. I was looking at the report. Or the summer summarization of the report, I should say, that they just had for the quarter and uh, key areas of growth in in, in good places. I I just yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not a buyer of Nintendo quite yet, but I think it's good to see them uh, that they're back on the on the positive side of the profitable scenario. I don't think many people honestly want Nintendo to go away. They're no. they're a good force no. for yes for gaming. So yes, yeah, um, I could see either of their two competitors in the home console wars die before I'd like to see them die. That's for sure. True. So, you know, good memories of Club Nintendo. Uh, some some really interesting things that they've given away in the past, um, like gold nunchucks for the Wii and uh, uh, giant uh, augmented reality cards for the 3DS, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So 
So I, I, I'm, I, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I, I'm still <clears> not in the uh, the club Nintendo in a lot of ways, but uh, you know, I, I get it. Makes well, sense. Why you need to buy a Wii U? Uh, I do. It's never going to happen, though. Anyway, so um, trust me. So uh, so I guess uh, with that, we'll we'll put the T and B to bed. Um, you well, know, we could talk about Apple having the the greatest quarter of any corporation ever in the history of which, corporations, but I, I'm just going to leave that behind because I really don't want to talk about it. What is with you people? Anyway, I, I yeah. do have one more TNB if you don't have anything else. Though. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Yep, sure. Go so ahead. Google has announced the next Fiber Cities, the next cities to receive yeah, gigabit a, internet from Google Fiber. These include Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Raleigh-Durham area. In North Carolina. So to which I say to the Commodore, neener, 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 stick your head in peener. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see what the, we'll see what they deliver to you. But just just know right now, I'm, I already have 105 main connections. So. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, wait, is that a gigabit? Because it doesn't no. sound like a gigabit. It's not a gigabit. It's not even close to a gigabit. That's <laughs> um, OK. I've seen your router. Your router can't even do gigabit connection over the wind. So don't even try to. That's OK, it. because you know what? Google has their own router that can provide uh, like 400 uh, uh, uh. MBPS. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. I was, well, trust me. Yeah. Trust me. I've been looking this up the past few days. Okay. It's very right. exciting. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, in all seriousness. So so about a year ago, Google uh, came up with a list of like, oh, geez, I can't remember. Something like a dozen maybe metropolitan areas that they were looking at for Google Fiber. I honestly thought most would be approved. Um, to see Google basically say that four of those areas are going to move forward while the rest are still kind of in limbo. I don't know. I, I just was – it's hard It's hard to follow what Google's doing at times. They like to roll out yeah. a lot of stuff that may or may not go anywhere. Hello, Google Wave. Um, but – I was just ho- I, I was I was well hoping yes, but also interested in seeing a larger rollout. Uh, having said that, I'm glad to uh, be in one of those areas, so it should be uh, should be interesting. I'll give full reports, and we'll be able to stream uh, Echo Screen Live in 4K, uh, hopefully before too long. <laughs> 4K. I don't think anyone wants to see that. Um, Everyone wants to see the pimples on your face. No, they do not. And your they tongue. <laughs> All right, I'm done with the TMB now. Uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> I had to, TMI on the TNB. Um, okay, on to the topic du jour, which is the topic. We um, so I set this up a little bit in the intro, but I was I've been thinking about this one for a while. You know, there was such a clamoring when when kind of you and I were growing up and just kind of coming into uh, gaming age. Uh, which is kind of a weird topic to think about anyway. What is really gaming age? But but we, we were playing a lot of video games at that point, and you know, video games were just kind of in their infancy for the second time around in America, and there was this huge kind of push for PC, and, well, the, you know, the, the, the coming off of the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo 64 was going to have incredible graphics and 3D and hardware acceleration. So the race was really on to provide the greatest graphical experience inside of a video game. Well documented. You couldn't spend enough money on a graphics card, everything else, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And I started to think about that, and and it almost seems kind of silly now to a certain extent when you think about all the games that are out these days and how popular they are. Things like Minecraft, right, which has ridiculously poor graphics on purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. 
or, you know, the renaissance, as we've well documented on this show, the renaissance of the 2D platformer um, or even 2.5D, right? And, you know, graphics seem to be kind of diminishing in importance, especially relative to how they were back in the 90s. So I wanted to talk a little bit about if graphics really still matter in video games. Well, <clears throat> the the obvious answer is yes, because, you know, we're not all going to text adventures. Um, yeah. So, yes, to, to some degree, but graphics still do matter. But you mentioned Minecraft. I just played for the first time Nidhogg this weekend. I know that's mm-hmm. it's another indie game. A lot of indie games, which with, with small teams and people with, uh, you know, not... Uh, $60 million to blow uh, on a budget for a game and then close down their studio. Um, yeah. They they stick to the more <clears throat> simple because they have to. Uh, Nidhogg is a great example of that. It is a fascinating and a really fun game where if you've never played it, it's kind of like um, a duel meets tug of war. And okay. it, it looks like the graphics look like something really stylized out of the... Uh, of the Atari era almost nice, you know, but, but much, you know, much better than the Atari, but you know, it's just like little, little, uh, how you even like almost pitfall, hairy looking guys with, 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 with swords that are fighting and you have to stab the other guy and then run past him to get to the goal. And he's trying to do the same thing to you. Gotcha. But the thing is, is that the gameplay is so finely tuned, uh, that, the stylized graphics of that, you know, it could be almost any graphics, really. It could be like little cherubic uh, <clears throat> anime characters fighting, or it could be like a, a big, you could see it in almost any number of graphical representations, and the game would be just as uh, uh, popular. You know, not that it's ridiculously popular, but it, it is one of the better, uh, better, you know, known and better selling indie games of the past year or so. Yep. <clears throat> I think we saw the, uh, the guys from Geek Nights talking about it uh, at uh, at PAX East this past year. Yes. So, so the thing is that like the graphical representation in that particular instance doesn't really matter. It's not. It didn't sell people on the game. It didn't. I don't believe detract anyone from the game. If you looked at twenty years ago, something like that trying to do well, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be the case. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Sorry. You know, so there's there's two angles you just brought up, and I think they're mm-hmm. both important to talk about. One is kind of more philosophical. So forget about the popularity of games for a second. Mm-hmm. All right, let's just go down this this particular aisle. So, it, I guess the the overall philosophical question: Do graphics matter? They certainly matter to a certain degree because we don't want to all play graphic, you know, or, or text games, right? But my, but I guess the question is, do graphics matter in how you really experience a game? Let Let's answer that question. Okay, so how so popular you're, you're they are. Philosophical first. Okay. How they sell. Just Just talk about. You know, do, do graphics affect the way that you interact with a game and can enjoy and experience a game? I don't. Well, I mean, it depends on the game, doesn't it? So maybe there are specific genres that lend themselves to, you know, relying on graphics more. Fair enough. Um, You know, speaking kind of from my own position on this, I mean, I I think I think graphics absolutely have something to do with with our enjoyability of a game. However, I think there is a 
I think, in my own mind, there's a kind of there's a kind of uncanny valley, uh, almost like a continuum with graphics, because I have found that I actually kind of like more the stylized stuff. What you're talking about, right? Some of the more stylized pieces, a little more unrealistic than the kind of photorealistic. I can see absolutely everything, and you know, it's absolutely beautiful, clear, crystal clear thousands of polygons right yeah, i mean do you remember like over a decade ago people like the thing anyone could ever talk about in a game was how the water looked mm. like that th- that was a big talking point right you know <laughs> like i mean far, and, and, far cry was well known for how well the water looked yeah that was important and, and far cry was even pretty advanced in that i remember you know some of the water effects being tested you know like the ps2 demo Right. Was, oh yeah. Wasn't the PS2 or PS3 demo was the was the ducks in the bathtub, right? Um, or maybe that was the PS2 demo. I, I actually can't remember which one that was. It was one of the one of the PlayStations had that. Maybe it was both actually. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, water effects. I remember um, uh, actually. What, what was the 3D test? 3D Mark had a water test mm-hmm. that you do when you tested your 3D card to see how how well it was working and everything. Um, yeah, no end to how silly some of those things look because now, because I think it's, it's it, that's not the first thing that comes to our head. I remember thinking the first time I ever saw Gran Turismo, a replay of a race in Gran Turismo, I went, oh my God, these graphics are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But you get a little bit farther after that and graphics kind of stop wowing you to a certain extent. It was, it was the last time you picked up a game and went, oh, my God, the graphics on this are absolutely amazing. Oh, I mean, the, the PS4 and Xbox One, if we're, if we're sticking to uh, consoles in yeah. particular for this discussion, right, just because, well, I mean, you could talk PC, but whatever. Yeah. The, the Xbox uh, One and PS4 definitely push that Beautiful. they have great graphics. You know, I, and yeah. I, I got to play a little yeah. bit of Grand Theft Auto V on it on the, on the Xbox or no PS4 a little while ago. And I was yeah. like, wow, this is actually really impressive, like how right. realistic graphics are. But the thing is, is that after a little while, <clears throat> I don't, I'm not really thinking about it anymore. Every once right. in a while, it's like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Okay, now what am I doing? You That's know, my point. Yeah. You, you, we get kind of used to the fact that everything looks really, really good. And then it doesn't really matter that someone spent the better part of a year making you know, a little pixel on the screen look absolutely perfect. Right. Yes. And that's... So, so that's I, I, me, Grand Theft Auto three to Grand Theft Auto five. All right, you're going. Are the away. graphics playing a part there? I think so. Um, wh- why am I going away? Where am see, I going? This is why I need Google Fiber. You're breaking up a little bit. Oh, see, you're. I, I hear you kind of wobbling back and forth. All right, so I'll go back. <laughs> I think I would. I actually prefer Grand Theft Auto three to Grand Theft Auto five. And I think the graphics have something to do with that. The game is clearly amazing. Grand Theft Auto V is an amazing game. But Grand Theft Auto III is simpler. It's easier to understand. I can just sit there. I, I, the, the, I don't have to process all the other crap in the game. I'm not trying to find the photorealistic person, you know, needle in a haystack that is the person I'm looking for. I can just see when I look at Grand Theft Auto III exactly what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, you know what I'll, I mean? I'll agree on that. I, I want to go to the chat for a second because I, I did notice a really good comment from uh, Derpa Derpy Doo. Sorry, no. Rockadilla. Uh, yep. Good old Rockadilla, who says yep. uh, that graphics can detract from a game 
just as they can add to it. Absolutely. Uh, and so, so that let's parse that statement for a minute because <clears throat> graphics can add or detract to a game. They don't make the game necessarily. Yes. Uh, right. So, first off, I think to answer to take that 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 comment and apply it to what we're saying here, graphics can enhance a game. That's that something that they can do definitely, like we were just talking about with the Grand Theft Auto. Yes. Or they can detract. Are there any games that you can think that the graphics really detracted for you? Yeah. I mean, I think if you if you go back right now, I mean, this is this is one of the key areas that I was thinking about kind of warming up to the show tonight. <laughs> and you, you think about the idea of the entire 3D generation, right? Yep. So if, I, if we go back and we look at the 64, we look at the PS1, we're going to see some some games that by today's standards are almost unplayable. And even at the time, if we really admitted it, were pretty unplayable. But we found a way past it because we were so excited about 3D, right? So, you know, think about every third-person game you ever played on the PS1 or on the uh, on the 64 that had a, you know, uh, uh, a floating camera. And how bad it was whenever you turn a corner or go hit a wall and it would go behind the wall or, you know, all this kind of stuff where you couldn't see what was going on. That's a good point. I'm thinking some of the really old Tomb Raiders, you know, I'm thinking um, Legacy of Cain. I'm thinking, you know, some of those games that were some of those games that were just ridiculously choppy by today's standards that were so Mm. difficult to play because you can't tell where the action is. Yes, uh, and and some, you know what? A game I actually had problems with <clears throat> when it first came out is one that does look dated, and that's uh, Final Fantasy VII. Oh yeah, because you, I mean, you have some really pretty, almost matte painting like graphics in the background that are static, right. and on top of that, you have like super poly- polygonal cloud with his meat hook hands or or club hands, I should say, walking around, and I at times couldn't figure out where like where an entrance was or where an item was right because i couldn't see it and to get around that to the game's credit the, the people I, i'm sure at some point during development people realized uh the the, the team realized at square um wow it, it it's kind of hard to tell where where someone should go in this in this area because the graphics right. can be a little uh not as you know they, they, they were Whatever, just not as functional as they should have been or could have right. been, I guess, on the PlayStation. So they had that option where if you press, I think it's the select button, little arrows pop up over every entrance and exit. <laughs> and and I think there was a, a finger pointing over you to show you, uh, which is funny to think about <clears throat> because that seems like such a really rudimentary thing to have to put into a game uh, that even like the NES Final Fantasies didn't need. Um, so in that way, I mean, they had to put that in so that the graphics it didn't take you so out of the game you couldn't even play it or or or, the, or it made it frustrating to play i should say yeah i agree and i i think there is a i wasn't planning on talking about this but i think there's a really cool so um double fine right tim Schafer's studio they they are you know do a lot of really cool stuff anyway go check those guys out they have a youtube channel and they just started the series where they go and kind of contact famous people that make video games and kind of uh, they play through the game that they created and talk about it. Um, and there are there's a, a couple different games that they've done so far 
and um, the the most recent one they did was Doom. Mm. And it, it's really, really cool to watch it because you, you basically start to understand how the engine itself contributed to the fact that they had so much more freedom than they had under, like, Wolfenstein, right? Wolfenstein had such crappy graphics and everything had to be in squares, right? Doom had great graphical capabilities, so everything could be could be kind of triangular or hexagonal or whatever you needed them to be. They could be very angular rather than very square. And, you know, what that allowed them to do is a lot of cool things like zigzags and, you know, vertical and, and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, hurdles and things like that. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things that you and I would never think about. But you know what that did? It It basically allowed you to see kind of where to go. Like it's very, it, it's it's very easy to think of you look at you look at this and there's like a light blinking here. You can see down a pathway, you can see down a hallway and you say, "Oh, I need to go down the hallway." It becomes part of the fact that the graphics allow you to see kind of where to go. And a good game maker I think tries to design levels that draw you in particular ways. And what I'm always interested to see is how game makers and and and, and the folks that design the levels react to how people in, by, in mass kind of play a, a level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, we tested this and everyone went left and no one went right and we didn't understand why, so we had to put this light in here that showed them to go right. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that stuff fascinates me because it doesn't make, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, and, anyway. and, and you know what? That's part of a... Well, I mean, this, this whole thing is part of... We, we, we kind of alluded to, but I kind of want to maybe bring... Uh, get near the close of the topic by... Again, see, just kind of looking back at how we've evolved as a <clears throat> as gamers, uh, you know, yes. the, the the culture has evolved past graphics are the, the the biggest thing in the world. I mean, God, when we were kids, uh, it seemed like everyone was like, well, what game has best graphics? What what system has the best graphics? Well, you know, does this have 3D? If it's, if it's 2D, that's like a baby's toy, you know, um, but you know, with with Final Fantasy VII, like I was saying, the the importance of having the graphics be pretty more than functional caused them to have to put in the red triangles, right? Yeah. Um, same kind of thing with 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 uh, what you were just talking about with with uh, Doom. Yep. Um, and I uh, so this past weekend I was at Magfest and uh, got to see. Tons of uh, fine, fine friends of the website uh, uh, and from the chat, uh, like Sonic Rose and and Mike and Mike from uh, from Living in Eight Bits. But um, I also got the chance to meet up again with Jeff Benson, <clears throat> who is working on the Earthbound documentary uh, that uh, Earthbound USA, which uh, had a successful Kickstarter and is supposed to come out next year. Nice. And um, I recorded some footage for him for the documentary at PAX East this past year, but also he had some more, we were talking and he had some more questions. So he, he interviewed me some more. Um, mm-hmm. And something that we touched on, or I, t- I guess I touched on in the interview was about, you know, the graphical, the graphical representation of earthbound and what that meant for it. It came out sure. in 95, 94 in Japan. And the thing about reviews, I mean, there were a lot of actually pretty good reviews about earthbound here in America, but one of the knocks usually against it was its graphics. It came out right. at a time when 3D games were starting to get big. You know, PlayStation was out by that point, or, or at least about to come out. Uh, Final Fantasy 
Six and Chrono Trigger were out like contemporaries, and those are really amazing graphics that pushed the Super Nintendo to their limits. Right. And here you have what looks like pretty kitty, uh, simple graphical design. <laughs> right. You know, and, and no one really liked it. Right. Uh, or or not, not that no one liked it. To yeah. be so. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, when that was part of the conversation was like, well, did the, you know, the, the, the team who made it have the where you know the know-how to make a, a game as graphically powerful as Final Fantasy III. But whatever. Um, the point being is that the, there were a lot of people at the time who wrote the game off because of its graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that it's become such a huge cult hit, like it was a cult hit when it came out, sure, but it's become a major cult hit in the past five or six years uh, with the prices you know, skyrocketing on eBay and people clamoring for it on virtual console. Yep. You know, part of that I think is that now gamers can look past that. I, I yes. think gaming has gamers have evolved to that point yep. uh, where where graphics aren't as important, and you can have not not only new games like Nidhogg or or Minecraft that can be simple graphically and powerful, but I think that's also part of the retro revolution of sorts that's going on right now, where you even have you have kids, you have teenagers who were not alive at the time who are interested in looking at these old games and playing yes. them, and yes. and that surprises me because to me when we were growing up, we would look at something like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and be like, oh wow, that looks like crap. I don't want to play that. Right. But kids today don't seem to have that problem for the most part, at least from what I see on YouTube. They're willing to give these old NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis games a shot because they look like fun. True. And I, I think there's there's also a part of this that, that really comes from just being a young gamer. Because I think, you know, if I if I went and asked you know, folks that I know to play games that are younger um, you know they're they're going to be they're going to start talking about okay well why why do I want to play this game on an Xbox why do you want an Xbox and the first thing they're going to say is oh the games are are unbelievably good they're just so beautiful the the graphics are unbelievable it's almost like that's that's a pure motivation when you're when you're when you're not as mature in understanding why you like video games mm-hmm. I think when you when you just kind of get into the experience you know maybe the, the graphics are a lot more important but when you when you know, I think you you mature, and you, you if you stick with video games, a lot of those people kind of drop off the face of the earth, right? Oh, this 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 game is so beautiful. Like you know, they're they're onto the next thing. They don't care about video games anymore. But a lot, but those of us that stick with it come to see that there's beauty that that isn't really resting within the graphics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that there's plenty more to enjoy here, and that there are experiences that. Uh, the, Graphics are the easiest way for us to experience things. They're the most visceral. They're the things that, that catch our attention the best. It's what we see um, and what makes us kind of have the feelings that we feel in many cases in the easiest way from video games. Might not be the most important. Might not be the best. It might not be, you know, uh, what actually makes a game or the experience of playing a game fun, but it certainly has a, a huge impact on it. And I would argue, too, the other thing that's changed, you t- you highlighted this. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's no longer the way that a game sells anymore. You can make a game that isn't necessarily the prettiest thing in the world, and you can sell a lot of them. So things can be commercially acceptable that aren't graphical booms now. The last, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this question to you: Do you think you could release a AAA game these days without a major, major investment? In graphics, well, we we've kind of had this quite this 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 discussion before with indie games and versus AAA games. I think 
Mm. So, like, I, I graphics don't need to be the end-all, be-all necessarily for a AAA game. Yep. But there is a level of expectation. You know, uh, if Grand Theft Auto Five comes out and it looks, you know, on par with... Well, it kind of does look on par with Grand Theft Auto Four, but, uh, you know, it is better. Obviously better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if it looked, like, about as good or, or a little bit worse, I mean, people would be upset about that. Yes. Of course. But or, with, or if they came out with some kind of wild stylized version of it that wasn't mm-hmm. photorealistic now. Right? I mean, it, people would knock the game, but I don't think it would be a death knell necessarily. I, I've, we've seen stuff like that. You know, we've, we've seen games come out that are kind of stylized different versions of what came out before it. And those generally don't do well. You kind of got to stay in the same vein or else you really lose an audience uh, commercially. But I agree. I don't. I, I think that 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 um, video games have matured to a certain point. And video game audiences have matured to a certain certain point where where graphics don't matter nearly as much as they used to. They still clearly matter, but I think at the end of the day, um, I think what we can all agree is that games are about fun. Games are about experiences, mm-hmm. and not necessarily about what looks prettiest. And at the end of the day, what you remember about the games that you really like, it's not necessarily about the graphics at all. It's about the experience, right? When I think of Final Fantasy VI, I'm not necessarily thinking about being, you know, having this little pixel, you know, art c- character move across, you know, the, the caves of Narsh. You know, I'm thinking about the story. I'm thinking about the music. I'm thinking about the experience of having played this, right? Yeah. That has nothing to do with graphics. Well put. Or, or at least very little. I mean, it, not yeah. It has something, but it's it's not... I, yeah, I don't even think it ever was the be-all, end-all. I just think most people actually realize that now, as opposed to 20 years ago. Yeah, you're probably right. Yep. All right, so for once, we actually reached a conclusion here on, uh, <laughs> we on fixed the top du jour, which is pretty good. We, 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 we fixed a problem, so that's, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> the biggest problem <laughs> in the universe. Yeah. Hey, hey by the way, if uh, any of you have an idea, because we were, we were just thinking before the show about a couple of topics that, that came to mind. Uh, to to do for future shows. If you have any topics that you would like to see us think about or, or, or talk about, we will we would gladly accept those. Especially considering the fact that we're going to be doing a couple more shows now than we used to do. Uh, we <laughs> we're would love to take. Out. No, we're not freaking out, but we, we're close. If you have any show ideas you'd like to send us, that you'd like to see on the topic du jour, kick it our way. You can tweet it at me at it's the Commodore. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll put that sucker on the show. Speaking of tweeting at me at it's the Commodore, a lot of people have been have been tweeting questions my way. If you've just joined us and you'd like to ask a question that we can answer live on the air, all you have to do is send me a tweet at it's the Commodore. If you're looking for the familiar chat, you'll realize it's not there on this evening's program due to a technical error. Oops. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah. I spilled I spilled uh, Coke on the server. Oh yeah. Well, didn't do that. Um, it's, it's bad for the, the server's teeth. Bad form. So uh, as we transition to the, the Q&A portion of the show, I also want to bring up <clears throat> our good friend, good friend of the show uh, uh, and, and, and personal friend, Nash, uh, who I met in uh, MAGFest, at Mag, not met for the first time, but saw at MAGFest this year. Saw at MAGFest, yes. gifted, gifted the two of us a wonderful device, tiny right here. It's actually a Raspberry Pi. That is uh, outfitted, and I forget exactly what uh, the, the program is, because and I haven't had a chance to check it yet. But I believe it is, um, if from what I've looked up, I think it's uh, the emulation station, 
which mm-hmm. is a program that runs off of a uh, custom SD card uh, called RetroPie. It's um, awesome. Nash, if you're in the, in the if you're in the chat, please correct me if I'm incorrect. The point is, is that with this thing, you can emulate almost anything uh, with an HDMI hookout hookup hookout hookup to the TV. Uh, and there's yeah. USB connectors here, so you can you know get USB uh, controllers, controllers and play and them. So uh, I, I think with some of the technical issues we might have had with the marathon this past year, Nash was like, I gotta get these clowns something uh, better. So thank you very much. It's awesome. Uh, we we can app, uh, you know emulate retro pie. Retro yep. pie. Yep. yep, that's Thanks, what I thought. Gosh. Yep. Yep. Um, so we can we can emulate Apple II now, if need hey, be. Hey, now that's now that's hey. cool. now we're getting some ideas here. Hey, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't see CDI in here, unfortunately, but uh, that's okay. That's maybe okay. one day. We, we got one of those. <laughs> so that, that was not the problem. Although I did learn recently, <clears throat> as I tried to get a bunch of new CDI games. Very difficult to burn one of those. Is it? Yeah, oh, because... no. That's what I was working on the day before the marathon. You have to yeah. go slow yeah. and low. I, I burned like 20 of them because the first one I burned worked perfectly. So I didn't care. And that was literally the only game that worked. Yep. So uh, I just that, made a bunch of coasters. That's why I had to use my old crappy uh, uh, laptop to burn it, uh, burn all the CDI and Sega CD games. Because if you burn it too fast, I mean, these these things did not read games they weren't made at a time when you could burn that fast really so i I, I looked all that crap up but it's okay because we were able to play thunder in paradise finally so finally which is a good one yeah we missed that one that was that was one that i burned a couple years back and never worked Uh, and yes i do believe it emulates sega mega cd yes so that's awesome there you go that's awesome anyway see now that's a great idea all right so thank you nash yeah, thank you, Nash, very much. Awesome Christmas present. Um, he alluded that, uh, that that this would be coming during the marathon, and I mm-hmm. completely forgot about it, to be honest. So thank you, Nash. We love you long time. We love you. We rev you wrong time. Uh, I also, um, we I, should have Nash on the program at some point. You, you know, know what? We should. We've never done. We need to have Nash on the program. We need to ask Nash what, what he would like to talk about, because he is always good for a, a, a thorough and uh, interesting discussion. We've had plenty Absolutely. of those before, so... Yep, and if you ever long for an interesting discussion, check out Radio Dead Air. It's absolutely phenomenal. Please do every every Monday, every Monday, every Monday for like the last fourteen years, which is amazing. Which is- <laughs> no, it's a great time. Anyway, um, now yeah. So now the question and answer portion of the program. We which have is the, the the third portion, the which program. which most people enjoy very much. Uh, yes. I have a question. Okay. The the and now the the ceremonial first question. Which I think from now on will always have to go to uh, Ian Ferguson, uh, Pixicle, 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 on Twitter from yes. the Pat the NES Punk Show. Okay. Uh, yep. His question is: Is it lasagna or lasagna? Thoughts? I mean, I've I've never heard lasagna, so I'm always just going to say lasagna. I'm wondering if that's like a buffalo thing. That must, maybe it is a buffalo thing. I've never heard anybody say lasagna. Because uh, okay, so you're originally from uh, what Long Island area, and I'm yeah. from up north, uh, like New England, and I've yeah. I've heard both from like Italianish families. Yeah, uh, I've always heard lasagna. Um, maybe it's more of a like a real Italian thing to call it lasagna, like kind of like how cannoli. The plural of cannoli is cannoli. Yes. But people usually call it cannolis. Yeah. 
uh, you know, because it's like it's like an American Americanization kind of thing. Like, right. like instead of Notre Dame, we call it Notre Dame. Yeah, because uh, it's it's over here. But right. right. Um, so I would. I mean, that's that's a pretty easy one to answer. I'd say lasagna. I do. Enjoy I say it. lasagna too. I enjoy me some lasagna. But. I think we figured it out. Maybe, maybe lasagna is like slang, by the way. Maybe lasagna is like you know, hey, get the lasagna. <laughs> Let me go get the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> get the papers. All right. So um, let's see what we've got here. Um, man, there there are a lot of questions here. Um, all right, here we go. Sky Sam Freeman asks, was wondering if you and Rue would be doing another co-op 16-bit gems in the future. Zombies Ate My Neighbors was awesome. <laughs> that uh, was fun, I, too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We, uh, that was, that was uh, well, obviously, every time we do a marathon, we end up playing that game again, and it's always reminding me of that. Uh, awesome, awesome game. Kind of hard to do with this much miles between us. Yeah, that's the truth. So probably not any time soon. I need to focus on making a regular 16-bit gem. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's probably that's probably right. <laughs> um, Sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. You're, you're forgiven. Um, here we go. Let's see. Um, man, that's a tough. That's a tough name. I'm just going to say our friend Chris asks, what podcasts do you guys enjoy? Any recommendations, game-related or otherwise? You know, that's actually really funny because we were talking about making that an actual episode where we just talk about things <laughs> you should watch on the other on the internet besides us yeah. and, uh, and podcasts. Nothing you should. Yeah. Uh, po- but, I mean, you can still keep watching us, but uh, podcasts were... Uh, Don't leave us, please. Yeah. Uh, let me... Let me, let me, let me let me, let me check my, my phony here, and I'll tell make, you what I want. Make make one recommendation. That way, we don't give away the whole one program. Well, we don't give, we give away the whole program that we're going to do where we. Well, talk Well, my about main stuff. recommendation would be Echo Screen Live, which comes out fortnightly now. Fortnightly, uh, it's, it's a fortnightly podcast. Those two chaps are just hilarious. Uh, you can get it now on iTunes. And the one with glasses is really good. Oh, pff, what? <laughs> you can get it on iTunes and Stitcher and Android. Um. Man, okay, you go first because I don't want to. I don't want to double up on what you were going to say. Um, I'm going to throw one out there, which you teed me up to. Although I've been into this guy for a very, very long time, but I've been jumping through the the, the podcast, and that is Maddox over at the Best Page in the Universe. <laughs> uh, he has, if you ever wa- followed the Best Page in the Universe, which I have for years, years. It's a um, satirical. Ma- yeah, yeah. It's, it's total satire. It's it's kind of irre- it's very irreverent. I shouldn't say it's kind of irreverent. He's very irreverent. Um, you know, he uh, he is now a best-selling author, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, had a YouTube channel. Uh, still has a YouTube channel that I think is fantastic, which is the you know part of the the, the best page in the universe, um, where he basically just talks about you know stuff that that really. Uh, pisses him off, which is hilariously funny, but very not appropriate for work. Anyway, he just started a new podcast called The Biggest Problem in the Universe, which basically he does uh, along with his pal, what's his name? Uh, 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 Dick Masterson. Dick Masterson. Dick Masterson. And they talk about kind of the, they nominate the biggest problem in the universe that week. And then <clears throat> people vote on it. And then the next time they decide a winner that means nothing and they move on to the next. Have you, have you heard the, uh, the, uh, the latest episode? I have not. I'm I'm not even close. I'm working okay. my way slowly through them. It's I mean, like 36, 30, you know, 36 episodes. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 uh, 
a bit raunchy, but it, it's uh, it, it's silly and it's fun. Very raunchy. Do not listen to this at work. NSFW. Um, I'm gonna go with Good Job Brain, which is a podcast. Uh, it's a it's a quirky quiz show kind of podcast. They've had I think like a hundred and some episodes, but it's uh, co-hosted by uh, Chris Kohler, um, who is uh, also a, a very good uh, video game journalist over at Wired. But basically, as a fan of pub trivia and trivia in general, um, yeah. these guys are pretty fun. They have a a, a topic or, or a theme every week, and then they have like they make up quizzes based on that theme and and not only quizzes but they also will take like each you know maybe take a a few minutes to go in depth on something related to it like for example they did one on landmarks not Mm. too long ago and uh one of them talked about you know the history of the statue of liberty and some interesting things related to that like for example the first ticker tape parade in new york city happened spontaneously in celebration of the Statue of Liberty being put up. So, you know, just, again, trivial, very trivial information, but uh, it's fun. It's it's done well. They've won awards, I I think. So check that out. Um, Let's see. Morgan asks, when I take ice cubes out of the fridge, they melt. Do I have melting powers? You might want to check and see if you're the uh, human torch. Yes. Um, because if so, that could be dangerous if you're filling gas at the gas station. My suggestion, the first question you should ask yourself is, do you have excellent credit like the Human Torch? <laughs> the, the Human Torch needs a bank loan. No. No, the Human Torch has excellent credit. Excellent. Um, super inside joke. Sorry. Soup way inside. Like, so inside, there's like three people in the world that would understand that, and two yes. of them you're looking at right now. I'm going right, to go ahead so- and spoil it. Are you okay with that? Yeah, we've, we've been doing this for almost six years. Before we start a podcast, we do like the ah, blah, 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 unique vocal New York. warm-ups. Unique yeah. New York. Unique and then, New York. And then, then we go, the Human Torch was denied a bank loan. And oh, at oh. one point, uh, our friend's daughter was in the room and she goes, no. And <laughs> and Daniel's like, ah, you're right. The Human Torch has excellent credit. So <laughs> Cracks us up to this day. I don't know why. It's not even funny. Yes. Okay. But, but to answer uh, your question, yeah, you're probably the human torch. You might want to be you careful. Pro- yeah, you, you probably do have melting power. Did you see the, the next new... Time you should, next time you should pull the ice cubes out and concentrate <clears throat> on them not melting. And if they don't melt, then you probably do have some kind of power. You're, you might be out of control, yeah. actually. You should... Yeah, that's true, too. Maybe you have... Yeah, maybe like Jean Grey. You can't control your power. You can't control your mutant power. And uh, luckily, that turned out well for her in the end. It did, you know. I, 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 you know. Hey, look, I saw the, I saw the X Men movies. It. Uh, Everyone was happy ever, ever after in that one. Oh yeah, it was, it was great. They all walked away and, and had a beer. It was fantastic. <laughs> Speaking uh, of, did you see the new uh, Fantastic Final, the Final Four trailer, the Fantastic Four trailer? You know, I was just thinking the other day that I was like, did they just make two of these and then stop? Yes, they did. But it was kind of like the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, did they just make two of these and stop? They well, yeah, because it was no damn good, but. They don't want to Disney leave. made two of them. I think there was another one made by somebody else. No, it was it Fox. Well, I mean, yeah, Fox made the, the, the other two and uh, they need to make another movie or they're going to lose the rights to Marvel. So here comes another movie. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. I, see, I, see. Uh, I don't know. It looked pretty generic to me. I haven't seen it. No, And, and I, I, I haven't even seen any of the Fantastic Four movies because I liked the Fantastic Four when I was like eight and mm. then I stopped liking the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, the Lord of Nothing asks, mm. Lord would of you say your Would you say your philosophy is Aristotelian 
or platonic? Now, this is a this is a great question. All right. So I have always thought of myself more as an Aristotelian uh, in nature. Part of that is because Aristotle, in many ways, expands upon his mentor's philosophical teachings to include a lot of uh, more practical um, rather than kind of ivory tower practice. Not to say that Aristotle is an idealist. He's, he's an idealist, definitely. But um, I would say my, my philosophy is much more Aristotelian in nature. What, what about you? Are you Aristotelian or Platonic, or do you think that that's, those two should not necessarily be diametrically opposed? Lasagna. I say lasagna. All right. Good. All right, next. I would actually say that they probably shouldn't be diametrically opposed. I like Plato and Aristotle. They're both fantastic. Um, let's see. Dylan asks a question. What are your thoughts on rebooting classic movies, like uh, the upcoming reboots of Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones? Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, he likes He clearly likes it. He loves this idea. Uh, a great idea. See, people are, people are like, now. okay, uh, so they just announced the other, or yesterday maybe, that uh, it, it's been, the rumor's been kicked around for a while that there's going to be an all-female Ghostbusters with, like, Kristen Wiig and what's-her-face and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, eh, okay, it, okay, fine, we'll we'll see if this works. But then the word came out, it's not a sequel, it's going to be a reboot. And I was just like, now it's completely unnecessary. So they're rebooting Ghostbusters as with an all-female Ghostbuster yes. crew. Yes, and I don't care that it's an all-female Ghostbuster crew. No. I think most people don't care, honestly, that's all-female Ghostbusters. No. They care that it's being rebooted. Because yeah, is that necessary? The answer is no. no. it's not. It's the answer not. is no. But, but I could I could definitely see an offshoot. I could I could see some kind of sequel. I could see something like that where you know, hey, somebody picks up the mantle of Ghostbusters. Or I mean, it's not going to ruin the original movie. The original movie is always going to be there. But the thing is, Bill uh, Murray is still alive. He is. He could he could pass the torch. Yeah, he doesn't want to be be involved with it. But I mean, the thing is, the thing is, is that there have been a lot of reboots lately that people forget about two weeks after they're in the theaters. Like yes. the RoboCop remake, the Total Recall remake. I know. Everybody was talking about it, and then all of a sudden it was gone. It was, it was immediately gone. It's probably going to be the same thing with this Ghostbusters movie. It's like, oh, yeah, Ghostbusters remake. Oops, what? What's next? All right. The idea of – I think they picked the right person. I, I think I, I kind of like the idea of Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones. Oh, I mean, that's fine, actually. Yeah. I feel a little bit better about the Indiana Jones reboot just because – I don't know. Indiana Jones was a fairly – generic type character to begin with you know it's a pretty yeah. i mean yeah he's cool and 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 uh you know fun and stuff but it's like you yeah and i think i think red letter media did a good job with this with their crystal skull review it's like indiana jones you know he's he's a pretty oh like a stock type character like could you would you accept indiana jones doing his adventures without the hat and his jacket you know in the whips the answer is no. That that's that's like almost critical, you know, to, yes, to the thing. It is. Um, hey, did you see the new MythBusters anyway. episode where they tested the um, Indiana Jones myths? By the way, mm -mm. like using a whip to swing across a chasm. I did not. Entertaining. It's entertaining. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think uh, Harrison Ford is is not Indiana Jones in terms of the character is bigger than just the actor. Mm -hmm. And Chris Pratt um, is pretty awesome. Chris, Pat's, Chris Pratt is pretty awesome. He's certainly better than friggin' uh, what's-his-face, uh, Guy LaDouche. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, 
What's his uh, name? Uh, I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, the Transformers kid who's now yes. uh, in uh, 12-year-old music, 12-year-old's um, music videos. Michael Sarah. Yeah, G- Guy LaDouche. Anyway, I can't think of the guy's name. Point is... Um, didn't say that. I where, did, where, did I co- where did I come up with Guy LaDouche? <laughs> From MXC. Yeah, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Um, anyway, what were you yeah, saying? He's he's. I think he's much better than him. I I just think I think Indy the character is bigger than Harrison Ford. It's yes. not like, although I would say it's gonna be it would be very difficult to do a same aged version, um, of Indiana Jones, as in the age of Harrison Ford Ford was when he was Indiana Jones. Without Harrison Ford. Oh, like, yeah. I, I kind of like the Chris Pratt as a kind of a younger angle to it. It's, it's, it's Shia LaBeouf, you actually weren't too far off. See? Mm-hmm. Guy LaDouche. Uh, and, and, you know, SC Scanland makes a very good point. Remakes can be good if they're done well, like The Thing or The Fly, but they usually aren't. Um, and Nash had a really good point about this. He tweeted this the other day, or I, again, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, he said, you know, if like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were connected to this, he would feel a lot better. He would like be. He would actually buy a ticket to see that, and I could see that because they are both, uh, you know, they're very good. I'm I'm just afraid it's going to be a very genericy comedy that won't have any style like the original had. You know, no, maybe I I'll agree. be wrong. Who knows? But yeah. all I mean, that I, said, if they if they reboot Back to the Future's Back to the Future, I'll be really pissed off because that's totally unnecessary of a reboot. And I mean, at the end of the day, they they made so many Ghostbusters and Back to the Future movies. They don't need to make more. There's no reason to make more. <laughs> Doctor, nope. yeah, Doctor Steve Brule with a very interesting comment about uh, Guy Ledouche there in the uh, in the comment section. All uh, right, Doctor Steve Brule, I love your program on Adult Swim. It's fantastic. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's see. Android Warrior 17. I saw Rue at Magfest with a 16-bit gem shirt. Are these or will these be on sale? Ah, uh, maybe. Those were especially made by my uh, by my girlfriend uh, Pond Life in the chat. Oh yeah, uh, done very well. I have had a lot of people seeing me in them and asking about it. Uh, you know what? Isn't that we- weird. We had shirts on sale for a long time, and the only people that bought them were our family. And that then, was early uh, on, though. So yeah, it's true. Uh, you Mark Mark Chan of Com Bravo, who is also our our web guru, um, has been trying to tell us for a long time he wants to do shirts so we need to talk to him again yeah yeah they should remake clue the original clue is pretty terrible um that you know that movie is just not good i mean especially the, the whoever that woman was who played mrs white i mean she's just awful what you're you're doing this for, for <laughs> you're, you're doing this just to get under somebody's skin it's not mine what but what? it's somebody's it's like it's like you you you're, you don't know me yeah I don't know whose who's skin you're trying to get under, but it's not mine. <laughs> um, all right. So, so the answer to that is maybe, uh, yeah, maybe. about the shirts. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, we, I, here's the thing. If, if, if any of you guys want to buy merchandise from us, here's what you can do. Please let us know. <laughs> because, <laughs> because we totally lost. We thought that ship had already sailed and that nobody ever wanted to buy our stuff. So we have all kinds of cool things. I have a, I have the Clan of the Gray Wolf mug. I you know I Psycho- showed up. Psychopather bought a shirt. Hey, see, he's potentially the only person who ever bought a shirt. That oh, I want cool. a picture of him in this thing if it still fits because that is classic retro and if the, Clan if the of the Gray Wolf. Didn't already fade out. You know, like all the graphics on the shirt that I have completely faded by now. 
Yes. Uh, but that's because I wore it way too much because I really love that shirt. Anyway, mm. uh, not the point. All right, so we got to keep this moving here. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're already uh, 10 minutes over time. Oh, my God. Shocked. <laughs> All right. So this is, I, 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 I hesitate on how to ask this question <laughs> because of something that you and I did right before the podcast began. But in, in any case, here we go. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a question asked by Proxy who is being asked for a friend, I can't make this up, called Grapefruit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. The question is, pants or no pants? So is the question that when you're doing the grapefruit technique, do you have yeah. pants or no pants? I was, I was wondering if that was actually the question. <laughs> uh, but I don't think she's that, uh, that, uh, that idea. Um, I, or, or is it more, do we prefer to be in pants or without pants? Or is it, does it mean, are we wearing pants right now? Those are the ways that I can, I can try to figure out what that question is, how interpret that question. I think, I think it means it's time for some grapefruit technique with no pants on. Anyway, no. Uh, no. so to actually answer that question, I think we're both wearing the Still same. Still put headphones on. That'll hurt. I think we're both wearing the same thing. What do you mean? In terms of, of undergarments. Not undergarments, but lower garments. Because I did That's see you scary. get up and walk away earlier. Oh, in, in my. In, my, in uh, your pajama pants? He'll figure to pajama pants? Yep. Yeah. Let's show them off. Come on. Okay, hold on. For anyone listening on the podcast, I'm sorry. I will describe for you what what Mr. Kami is wearing. Easy. Ah, you are wearing Tommy Hilfiger pajama pants. Pajama pants. So you're a giant douche. Got it. I am a giant douche. (laughs) Meanwhile, I have awesome plaid pajama pants, which are warm and cozy to keep me, you know, protected from all the snow I'm not getting. So we are we are kind of wearing pants is the answer. We're wearing yep. pants that you probably shouldn't wear out to uh, the supermarket when you're getting milk. And I think as most guys would probably agree with us, I would say that my pref my preferred state is not in pants but in shorts because shorts are definitely better. Than I have pants. not worn shorts in so long. Well, it feels that way. It's winter. Yeah, I guess so. Um, apparently, the actual question was uh, going through life better with pants or without. Oh, I, I can't answer that question. I feel like there's like <laughs> three or four layers to that. Going through life. I like going through life with pants. I'm, I'm a with pants person. What do you think? I do change as soon as I get home from work to pajama pants. I, cha- I change, so, but generally probably not the first thing. So I think I'd get. prefer not to wear pants if possible. Okay. Well, you are wearing pants. You're just wearing different kinds of pants right now, just uh, to be clear. For the record, Psychopath in the chat is also in pajama pants. So, Hey, see, the, 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 the veterans. And I think he programming. wins because it's Mario pajama pants. So Yeah, definitely. He doesn't have giant douche pajama pants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these were a gift, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Anyway. I um, Why didn't you get see. a Wii U for a gift? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. L- LT Discotech asks, Rue, have you ever considered reviewing Snatcher on the show? Also, what PS1 games do you like? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, PS1 uh, games. There are some. I'll start with the last question first. I mean, yeah. uh, there are some, I mean, obviously, the PS1 is great for RPGs. 
if you like yeah. the ones of that era, um, which I mostly do. You know, Final Fantasy seven and nine are good. Eight can suck it. Um, Xeno Gears is good. Uh, I need to play Suikoden two. I hear great things about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at what I have on the shelf. You know what I actually like? That's not exactly a good game. Jedi Power Battles. Oh, that's a great game for PS1. Also on the Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did have fun with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are some good ones. Snatcher, I will not review. I don't. I don't feel I know enough about it. Um, what you know? Who did? Um, is uh, John Delia from Retroware TV? Uh, like, geez, eight years ago, literally did um, uh, did a a. Uh, you know, a, a, a video on Snatcher, Anyways, you- which I just played the video uh, audio of slightly. <clears throat> I'll put it, hold on, let's see if I can actually put it in the chat. Probably not. Um, anyway, the point is, is that uh, you should you should search for Retroware uh, and, and Snatcher and you'll find it. But it's a very good... Uh, you know, he he's a giant fan of the, of 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 Snatcher, and so he he could speak to it better than I ever could. So if you're looking for someone who reviewed Snatcher and knows what they're talking about, go for that. Excellent. The end. Um, PS One games. I I think uh, there there are so many great PS One games. Uh, there were there were there were a lot of great classics, even though there are a lot of games that we can forget about now because they were so bad in terms of graphics. Um, you know it's a good one on. Oh, and Shane from. I'll, I'll pull one out of here that, that no one's probably going to think of, which is Ogre Battle on the PlayStation One is fantastic. Mm, okay, it is the de- it is the definitive Ogre Battle. It is much better than um, any of the previous generation versions, and the graphics are great. You can see what's going on. It is kind of the medium that Ogre Battle was meant to be played in. All right. Um. Let's go through a couple of these pretty quickly here, all right? Chris asks, did I do it right? Yes. <laughs> all right, good question. Uh, well, I, I'll give another one for free. Also, would you play Rock Band if it came back? Uh, no. Let's see. <laughs> Psychopather, good friend of the program. Psychopather, who is wearing pajama pants? Mario pajama uh, pants. Mario pajama pants. As someone about to enter college as a gamer, oh. anything I should know specifically? Uh, so wow. as someone who won the title of Mr. Saturday Night, because I got to know my PS One pretty well in college on uh, Saturdays, rather Bib- than going out and having fun, biblically, I can tell you, yeah, yeah, right. I can tell you that um, <clears throat> you know you can play video games for the rest of your life, but you can only go to college once. Keep that in mind. Having said that. Considering that when we went to college, you were like three years old, um, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, first of all, it's really sick of you that since we've known you and we started the website that you're now going to college. That's sick. But um, I, I don't. Some things probably haven't changed. Uh, some of my favorite memories were playing certain games with people in my suite, um, yes. including Smash Brothers Melee. Um, NCAA football because you know college and uh, like Mario Kart things like that Uh, so having said that a good game system with multi local multiplayer capability is a good idea and I know you have a Wii U so 
consider bringing that in and you can have some uh, there's a good chance for some fun times if, if you have you know roommates or into that kind of thing local uh, multiplayer is back spread the word at least i'm with you yeah ish um yeah so anyway you know enjoy your college years but that being said i think there's there's a lot of fun opportunities to be had in gaming especially local multiplayer uh here's a really good one i i love this one man Anton asks, if you and Rue were put on the development team of a game, what area of the staff would you guys like to work in? What a great question. Uh, CEO. That's not an area of staff. That would be executive <laughs> management. Uh, does that mean uh, I get to go and like go golfing and buy Ferraris while everyone else does the work? Because I want to do that. Yeah. No. No. Damn. I don't think you're very good at that job. Man. I would I would like to be I think I would probably like to be in the in the actual level design part of things. I, I, I like thinking about how players kind of work through problems and solve kind of the issues that, that appear to them on screen and how they keep certain pieces of information in their head while they go do other things. That's interesting to me. So I find that stuff. I, I like watching stuff on level design. I like, you know, at PAX East, I always try to see every panel that's on level design. I just find that stuff fun. That is true. Um, oh, it's hard. I don't, I don't know a lot of the specifics about the, you know, and, and teams can be very different, of course, you know, depending on what game you're talking about. <clears throat> but I don't know. I feel like I'd have some fun with the, uh, like, script writing or, or storyboarding. Uh, kind of stuff. Um, I was I always thought it was an interesting idea, the idea of localizers uh, who have to take games that are developed in other countries, like usually Japan. They get a translation and they have to like make it make sense. It's like kind of like a puzzle, uh, a word puzzle where you have to make it make sense for a an American audience uh, by you know like for example in Animal Crossing, you take out Golden Week or something like that to put in uh, Christmas. You know, right. Uh, that always seemed a little interesting to me. I don't know if I'd be any good at it, but yeah, sure, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean that's you know no no wrong answer. So it's probably you know as good as anything I can I can think of. Uh, I love that question though. You know that's these are the kind one. of questions we love to have. Yeah, it's like you know just hypotheticals, crazy stuff. We it's, it's what we like. But let I'll, I'll we'll finish with a with a question that uh, strikes at the heart of the topic du jour today. We'll finish with this one. Mini Arts 159 asks, do you think that if there is a worst game, uh, but it had great graphics, do you think people would play it? And I think he means kind of hypothetical today, right? Oh. Like if there was a game that came out that people would say, this is the worst game, as, as in worst existed, is the question. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think certainly not. I think we're past that. Um, if, you, like, if, you had, if you were able to somehow transport... A game that was absolutely terrible, but had the graphics of, I don't know, what's come out lately? Call of Duty 69 or uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah. And you brought it somehow magically uh, and were able to sell it in early, the early 90s. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I'm sure it would sell extraordinarily well. Oh, uh, uh, unbelievably. But unbelievably. Um, but nowadays, even even with the latest technology that we can think of, which is usually like virtual reality type stuff, like Oculus Rift. Right. That's one of the big reasons I, I'm not even sure that what is considered cutting edge graphical technology, whether that, which we didn't even touch on, 
No. I don't know if that's really going to take off all that well because I think to put that investment in the gameplay needs to be a step above. And I think that is not there yet. So so, yep. so th- that's the best example I can think of. But that's an analog to what you're saying. You know, something that's really graphically amazing. But, you know, I mean, I've played Minecraft on, on Oculus Rift. And I was like, okay, well, it's, it's kind of neat. It's different. But um, it's not really made for this platform. You know, it's... Uh, well, you know, it's kind of tacked on and it, it didn't do it for me. It didn't sell me on VR is about immersion, right? Mm-hmm. And video game. And, and that's a logical conclusion because video games to a large extent are about immersion. And one of the one of the tools that, that we use for immersion and experience, the easiest tools to, to really work with are graphics. This was what we the conclusion we really came up with came to today. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that's not all that it takes to be immersed in a universe. And you and I both know our favorite games or some of our favorite games are Final Fantasy VI, you know, the games that are 20 years old, games that have really don't have very good graphics at all. But we were immersed because of all the other ways that the game could. And, you know, immersion is not just a function of the technology. It's a function of the experience and it's a function of the way people make these games. And that's why you know, the technology itself doesn't seem to me to be the be-all and end-all of the experience. That being said, if the HoloLens thing could, you know, make you see a giant, you know, or or even just a, you know, uh, a, a big, you know, uh, I don't know, a, a velociraptor in your <laughs> in your living room that was chasing after you, I think that would be pretty scary. So yeah. that would that would keep me immersed. Uh, I would be immersed for that. So you know, maybe your own urine. Immersed in my own and filth. Um, <laughs> don't forget that. So, yeah. Hey, listen, another late break, late great uh, question came in that I have to oh, okay. I have to ask. So I'm going to end with this one. I know I promised to end on the other one, but I'm going to end this one. From Broccolope, the question is, if you were felled by a Balrog, <laughs> would you come back as the clan of the White Wolf? <laughs> I like that question. I thought that was a good question. Well, what's the answer? Uh... No. Is that an exercise to be left for the reader? Uh, no. <laughs> no. The answer is no. We We'd be we, pretty dead. Yeah. When we and when we came up with the the name for this, I'm not even sure we were necessarily even thinking of gray being significant at all. I don't know. It's anyway, just, it's just the name of the game. Just the folks. name. That's the name. That's the name of the, of the game. game. <laughs> and the name of this game. That's what we should is, have ended with instead of "There's no reset button." Right, yeah. It's Clan and of the Grey Wolf, and that's the name of the game. The name of the game. <laughs> that's terrible. Look it up. Bada bing. Yeah, take that one. Go check out your Super Nintendos, you jerks. That's also a good sign off. <laughs> Go check out your Super Nintendos, you jerks. <laughs> um, yeah, so the name of this game is The Echo Screen Live, and thank you for playing along with us today, as always. Uh, here in the 53rd edition where we talk about graphics and um, lasagna and other various topics. And going to college. Um, going to college. We, it's, it's, it's really yeah. a show about a lot of things. We, we now return you to your dreary existence. I, I just kind of said something that came off the top of my head last time and everyone reacted to this. What was that? And you actually, you recommended that I make that the new sign-off. Which I think- is, now you can go back. Now you can go back to, your, to, the, to the silence the silent abyss that is your lives. 
and yep, and, and perfect. I, I didn't yeah i didn't mean that as something that was you know demeaning in any way i just i just meant that just you know gosh, dark gosh your lives must be boring without us is what i was trying to say oh well, that's much better yeah gosh your lives just must be so boring without us <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, you know, as as Rue did indicate, we would like to be able to get into a better rhythm of <clears throat> the fortnightly podcast, which should make things a little bit easier to plan around. Hopefully, a little easier to market as well. Um, market, and which uh, market market, but uh, which also brings us to the next <clears throat> point, which is you know, as Rue said before, listen to us. Uh, on your favorite podcasting vehicle and please do rate us on those podcasting channels. And those. Yes, that'd be awesome. We love you uh, forever if you can, are able to do that, uh, especially on iTunes because that helps with visibility. So any sort of ratings you can leave, uh, just take a minute out of your day and we would really appreciate it, guys. Yes, we really appreciate it You're the best. because even though this is a surely a hobby for us and not our job, we do like to, you know, have a good audience, and we would always like to accept more people into our little fold here. We like that's having a, big heads. We like having big heads. <laughs> what, are talk, what are we talking about here? Is this oh, a euphemism? Well, that's something else. Um, um, yeah. So, uh, so you can next see us here uh, live streaming in two weeks um, on February 11th, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Awesome. And we'll see you there. Yeah, we will. We will definitely see you play, there. Play a Super Nintendo, you jerks. Hey, and as I said, if you do have ideas for the show that you'd like to see as a part of the Echo Screen Live for a topic du jour, just let me know. Tweet, tweet. me at It's the Commodore. You can even tweet Rue. Where can they where can they tweet you? At Rue underscore C O T G W. Click and Check clap. it out. Do Bada it. Bang. Do it. Are you doing it? Do, do it, it now. now. Make suggestions. <laughs> anyway, whether you have suggestions or whether you don't, thank you for watching. We appreciate it. Until next time, in two weeks now. I am the Commodore. Hot damn. And for Rue from the Clan of the Grey Wolf, see you next time. And there is no reset button. Bye, Zs. So you know that Cersei dies in Game of Thrones, right? The next book that you haven't read? She dies in like the second chapter. Why are you telling me this? Are you serious? <laughs> I, uh, you can't am, be serious. Am I? Am oh, I? Oh, man. This is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I am Death Destroyer of Worlds. <laughs>